0: Uh, sweet. So, as I mentioned before, um, everyone's away at family camp, so um, you're stuck with me. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah, it's the fifth Sunday of the month. We don't have communion, so we're just going to pass chips around um, and, and smuggle them through. That's fantastic. So, tonight, tonight I to um, I want to talk about what you're looking at. I want to talk about what your eyes see. I want to talk about what you're looking at. What are you looking at intently? Uh, look intently is what I've titled this message, I guess. And um, I'm going I'm to read through the passage. It's going to follow me up here. But Acts 3, 1 to 11, for those following along at home. Uh, it starts here. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man, lame from birth, was being carried in. Each day he was put aside the temple gate, the one called the Beautiful Gate, the other ones were ugly, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us, The lame man looked at them eagerly expecting some money, but Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. Get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up, and as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up. Sorry, let me turn the page. It's a page turner. Stood on his feet and began to walk. Then, walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that it It it, it plants seeds in our hearts. Father, I pray, Lord, that we would begin to look intently at this world. We would begin to look intently at the things around us. Father, I pray that right now you would speak words. Father, do away with me. Remove my flesh out of the way. Lord, I ask that it would be all about you and all of your will. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So I want to start with one day. One day. The scriptures start in in verse 1 with one day. One normal, ordinary day, Peter and and John were just going about their business, going to pray at the three o'clock service. And then it says, a man was being carried in who was lame. Now, this man relied on everyone for everything. He even had to be carried to his begging post. It's not like he slept there. He got picked up and dropped off, and it's like school, Um, but... He was there and he relied on everyone else. if we can go, yeah, thank you. And he stayed beside the temple gate, the one called Beautiful Gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. Next one, please. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. See, Peter and John were going about their daily walk. They were headed up to pray. They knew where they were going. They knew what they were doing and they walked by as they were about to enter, as they were about to pass by. You see, Peter and John almost missed this one. They were just going about their normal day, up three o'clock, going up to prayer, and almost missed it. But when he saw them, he asked them for some money. And if we can, we can go to the next one. Peter and John... Looked at him intently. See, it was when he, the beggar, cried out for help and said, Do you have any money? Or, or jangled his, his little cup with money in it or, or whatever. And, and the Bible says that Peter and, and John looked at him intently. Do you know what intently means? It means with strained or eager attention. I want to focus on eager, eager attention. So if intently means eager attention, eager means intense desire. See, I want you to understand tonight that, that they, they looked at him. They looked at this man with intense desire. They looked at this man knowing and understanding that God was about to do something in his life. They believed. Before they even spoke a word to him, they believed. All this, all this beggar had to do was cry out, Do you have any money? And instantly... They looked at him with intense desire. See, they eagerly anticipated something was about to happen in his life. And and at this point, Peter then says, look at us. See, the beggar wasn't looking at them. Do Do you understand that? He had called out to them, do you have any money? And at that point, he just looked away. How many people in in our lives call out, I need some help, but then they look away because they're so disheartened after constantly, constantly crying out for something or someone to help them and receiving nothing, they just looked away. Do you have any money? No. Do you have any money? No. Do you have any money? No. All the while, Peter and John looked at him intently with immense desire, with intense desire. They knew that something was about to happen, and so they had to get his attention. And so they said to the beggar, look at us. And so the the beggar, the word says that the beggar looked at them, eagerly expecting money. See, when you look at someone with an intense desire, when you look at someone with an expectation, instantly they receive that same expectation. Your, your in, intense desire, the way that you look at someone, when you, when you look for God moving in someone's life, when you look for God doing something amazing in someone's life, it raises expectation of the people around you. And so the beggar who, who, who had passed them off originally, expecting nothing to happen, all of a sudden had expectation. And we know the story, they cry out, silver and gold, I have none. But what I have, I will give to you. Get up and walk. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. See, that's key. What I have, I give you. I don't have any silver and gold, but what I have, I will give you. I don't have anything fleshly. See, the silver and gold, that's worldly. That's worldly commodity. It's the stuff that we use to buy things, and it's, it's some stuff that we say we can't live without. You can't live without money. That's the flesh. But see, to, in this moment, in this moment, they said, I don't have anything of this world for you. You don't need anything of this world. All you need is a touch from God. All you need is something supernatural and out of this place and out of this world. And, and they said to the, he said to them, I, what I have, I give for you. It wasn't him. It wasn't Peter saying, here, I have what, my spirit. It was Peter saying, here, I have hope. It was Peter saying, "Here have God, here have the Holy Spirit, here have a touch from heaven, have a touch of something that was meant for you that originally you missed out on." Originally, these people walking by, this beggar might have even been there calling for Jesus's head at the crucifixion, calling crucify him, crucify him and Peter standing here, hey, have a piece of what was meant for you. Have a piece of of something you may have missed. See, what are you looking at intently? What has got your gaze? What do you spend your day to day staring at, focusing on? What, what, what is your intense desire in life? What do you look at with intense desire? Like when a pizza comes out and or, or you've been sitting there for half an hour. Chips, yeah. Or you've been sitting there for half an hour at a restaurant. And you're just like looking at your watch, like, when is my food going to come out? And then you see on the pass, if you don't know the things called a pass, on the pass, your meals start to come up and you have this intense desire to get into the steak, to get into the chicken parmy or whatever you ordered. You just, you see it and you're just like, yes, that is what I want right now. What are you looking at with intense desire? Is it, is it games? Is it clothes? Is it TV shows, movies, sport? What is it? What do we spend our focus gazed on? What do we spend our time doing? Is it the gym? Are you so pumped up and like, you know, getting to the gym? Is it the gym? What are you so, what are you looking at intently what about how you look at people? What about that person at your workplace that no one else likes? What about the person at school that everyone picks on? What about the bully at school? What about your neighbors? What about mum and dad? What about your children? What about your siblings? Who are you looking at intently? What, what are you looking at? How are you looking at these people? The, the people that everyone passes by, the people that everyone passes off, the people who are crying out for help, how do you look at them? You know, see, until you look at someone intently... Until you have intense desire, in, until you show intense love and intense compassion and, and, and just an overflowing of, of God's spirit, until you show that to someone, they're never going to look at you. See, it was key that Peter and John first looked at, at the beggar intently, and then he returned look with expectation. See, when you show the Spirit of God in your life, when you come with with an anticipation and a love and a compassion greater than anything seen on this earth, people begin to look. And it gives you a right to speak into people's lives. It it makes people look at you. But without that love, without that compassion, no one's going to look back. They're just going to think you're another passerby. Is that even a word? I don't think so. You know, see, the Bible says uh, when he was lifted up, if we can go to the the next verse, please. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. But as he helped him up, go to the next one, please. He jumped up and stood on his feet. It wasn't just like it was 5 a.m. in the morning and you didn't want to get out of bed because it was cold and you're like, uh, 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 like that was just rolling over. No, it was it was an expectation. He understood what was happening. He got a touch from God. He got something flow through his body and, and touch him in a way that he knew he was different. He knew something had changed and instead of just, I don't believe. He had belief and he stood up and he jumped up to his feet and he began jumping, walking, leaping, praising God and he went into the temple with him. See, when you look at people with an expectation and an intense desire, they come into the temple with you. When you show, when, when they get a, t- a taste and a touch of the love of God and the, the hope of God, they, don't, they can't get enough and they want more. They want the source. They came. He came into the temple with him. And this is my favorite if we keep going. And the people saw him walking and heard him praising God, moving along. And when they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded and amazed. One more. And they all rushed out in amazement to uh, Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. See, when you begin to operate in, in God's love, when you begin to operate in God's compassion, other people notice. It's not just the person that receives that, but it's everyone around. People see, people notice, and people can understand that that's something new, and that's something that's not of this world. See, people came rushing. It's not like they kind of walked out like you'd just seen a movie that wasn't too good. And he just, oh, that was a that was a bit of a waste of time. They rushed out, and they were ready. They knew something was happening, and they knew something had gone down, and they just wanted to know and understand what had happened. And notice this end part, where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John, and perhaps one of the most important parts of this passage which is often quickly read over. How often do we heal someone or, or you know, through the power of God or how often do we see something happen and God manifests in someone's life and that person wants to hug us and hold us and we're just like, no, give it all to God. It's all God's, it's all God's. And yes, yes, we need to do that. And it's all about God and all the honor, glory and praise need to go to him. But if we don't allow people to hold tight to us, we miss the second part of the blessing. See, the Bible goes on to say that Peter took it as a chance to address the crowd. Because the man was holding tightly to Peter and John, all of a sudden, everyone's looking around, what happened to this man? He's hugging these two guys. Maybe they did something. Maybe they, maybe they did something in his life that, that made him be able to walk. And so when one of those men stand up in front of everyone and begin to speak out and begin to address the crowd, all of a sudden people take notice. And people understand that, hey, he's got something to say. He is worth listening to. Did you know that after that day, see, originally when they, when they got baptized in the Spirit and they went out on the day of Pentecost, it grew to something like 3,000, right? 3,000 is the number. Well, after, after Peter addressed the crowd... Pharisees and guards came out, and they're like, hey, you can't do that here. But the Bible says, but, there's a big but in there, but there were people there that day that believed, and the number of believers raised to over 5,000. Not only was a man healed of being lame and having to beg for the rest of his life, but Over 2,000 people got added to the kingdom that day because of that. Because Peter and John allowed him to hold tightly to them. Yes, the honor and glory has to be God's and it has to be given to God. But use that. God is giving you a second opportunity in that to be able to promote him even more. Testimony. Testimony is so powerful and and it brings other people together. And and it's often seen in in churches and, and, you know... um, All that sort of stuff that when someone gets healed of a back issue or a knee issue or something and they begin to pray for the people of the same thing, the testimony, it brings power to their lives and they start to receive healing too. See, testimony is key. you got to allow people to have their testimony. It brought over 2,000 people back into the church. So I want to ask you again, what are you looking at Intently. What, what takes your focus? What takes your gaze? What are you focusing on most of your time? Is it God? Is it the people around you? You know, the two greatest commandments, when Jesus was asked, what's, what's the greatest commandment? He just said, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, body, spirit, all that sort of stuff. And he said, love your neighbor as yourself. Excuse me. Love your neighbor as yourself. Have intense desire. Have intense love for the people around you. That, that if someone's hurting, if someone's broken, if, if you can see them crying out for help, you have this love on the inside of you that can't help but just reach out and here's, here's Jesus. I don't have anything of, the, of this world, but here, have the Spirit. Here, have God. Here, receive something that you may have missed. Receive Him. Yo, I want to challenge you to, to look more closely And more intensely at the people around you, the people who live in your very house, the people who you go to work with, the people who you go to school with, the people who live beside you and around you, your friends, your neighbors, the people you walk past at the shops. Because there are people out there who are hurting, there are people out there who are broken, there are people out there who need love and hope and who need Jesus and you know, I'm. I, I just. I love this story because it's not a somber ending. It's not a. It's not a. Just a downer. As the worship team comes back, it's. It's not. It, Peter and John get an opportunity to add two thousand people to the church, and now that's something to cheer about. That's something to ju- jump up and down and and shout about and get excited about. Because when you step out and you show people the love of Jesus, it automatically gravitates people around you and gives you an opportunity to speak in their lives, and it automatically gives them an opportunity to receive God. So tonight, we're not going to go out somber or anything. We're going to go out with a, a bang tonight, a bit of a fast, fast song again, but I'm, I want to re-invite you out again. If, if you're struggling with, with things in your life, I'll, I'll repeat that scripture in Romans 8. God works Uh, God brings good out of all situations for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Now, if that stirs something up inside of you, I'd love to pray with you. I know there's people here tonight who would love to pray with you, so I'd invite you out. But if there's anything that I've said tonight, if God has done anything in your spirit or in your heart that you need prayer for, why don't you find someone that loves you and and will pray with you and and for you in that. But come on, we're going to go out with a bang, so why don't you jump to your feet,